Hello, and welcome to episode 159 of Constructing Comics, a podcast building stories one page and one panel at a time. On this episode, we have an interview with Greg Shane, writer of The Rascals. Issue two is on Kickstarter, is, I'm sorry, on Indiegogo now. This is Matt. Greg, thanks so much for uh, joining us. Uh, this is your third time uh, being on the podcast. You've been on yeah. to talk about Raygon, Rascals issue one, and now we're here to talk about Rascals uh, issue two. Um, right. Anybody who hasn't heard any of, the, of those episodes, uh, give us a quick uh, background about yourself. Uh, well, I am a comic scriptwriter currently living in Tokyo, Japan. Um, I am working in the uh, video game industry as a headhunter and uh, making comics with my partner, uh, Kurt Spurging. Nice. And uh, if I remember correctly, you and uh, Kurt, you guys hooked up, uh, I guess, maybe about at this point, close to a year and a half ago at uh, San Diego Comic-Con. San Diego Comic-Con. We were both um, selling books at the Arcana Studios booth, uh, sitting beside each other for two days, you know, signing our books and talking. And uh, yeah, we just we it was uh, it was like we had known each other for a really, really long time. Uh, made each other laugh, uh, had a lot of what we agreed on when it came to creativity and comics. And um, at the end of the two days, Kurt said, listen, do you want to you want to do something together? And, uh, you know, I thought, yeah, what what the hell? And about a week later, he sent me uh, a little picture of four rabbits. And he said, what do you think? And that's where the rascals started. Very cool. And you were there to promote uh, and signed uh, Raygun. Is Raygun. That the, yeah. Yeah. Uh, do you want to talk project. a little bit, talk a little bit about that uh, as well? Sure. Uh, it's, it's kind of an interesting thing because Raygun was done in a very traditional way. And when I, when I, when I talk about a traditional way, I'm talking about uh, as a writer, I found an artist, uh, the artist and I, you know, I paid the artist to do the work. Um, they put together a fantastic book for me and then pitched it uh, to be published through another house. Uh, and it, it, it's a very standard way of doing things. You know, you, you, you hire an artist, you pay the artist, you find a publisher, you get the book published. Uh, and I was really, really fortunate um, because Reagan took a long time to get out. But uh, we managed to get all six issues out through Arcana Studios and one big book. You can you can find that book actually uh, right now on Comixology, um, and I'm very very proud of it. And it's kind of an interesting thing because now uh, I'm going through um, you know crowdfunding, mm-hmm. uh, and you know we're actually producing the book in a completely different way, which is which is something that I'd like to talk about as well. Um, you know, we're doing the old Marvel style of production on Rascals, uh, where Ray Gunn was, you know, full script sent to the artist and, uh, and done a different way. And it's, it's just really, really cool to be able to have touched two different projects in t- two completely different ways. Yeah. And one thing I find interesting um, is, is that uh, Ray Gunn was sort of heavily researched where you had sort of put mm-hmm. the characters um you know you, you have, of course you're taking liberties and 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 doing storytelling but you also put people um in the right locations at the, at the right time it was very <laughs> yep. well very well researched um but this one you said you're doing sort of a uh 
a more of a, a Marvel style. So you, you sort of worked in both that sort of like scripted, um, you know, detailed notes and then sort of more of an open-ended uh, sort of collaborative process. Um, mm -hmm. Is there one that you prefer to, to, to the other or do you think maybe it's sort of like, a, like depending on the project, you might pick the way that you work? I think I think um, <clears throat> probably depending on the project. Uh, so Raygun is me. That's my voice. It's my interest. I was very lucky to to find an artist, uh, Alonzo Molina, who's a fantastic artist, uh, to 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 draw the project. But doing Rascals with Kurt is a completely different vibe, um, and it's a different energy. And the Rascals are really. Uh, uh, we could not get the rascals the way they are if Kurt and I weren't weren't both having complete um, synergy in making it. If that makes any sense, uh, our and our both of our energy, both of our sense of humor is there, and the characters. While somebody who may look at the rascals, it's very easy to look at the rascals and the style of the rascals and dismiss them very quickly as cartoony, but. As you read the book or you look at them more, you realize there's a, a heck of a lot of artistry coming um, in both how we're telling the story and how the visuals are being done, which is why we're actually doing uh, our new book, um, book two, Rascals, book two, Song of the Banshee, artist edition, uh, just to be able to give people an in-depth look on, on how we actually create the book. Nice. And do you think uh, you were maybe more comfortable doing that sort of uh, Marvel collaborative style because you had met Kurt, you had sort mm -hmm. of got off the sort of, you know, mm -hmm. great sort of start. You knew that you guys meshed well together. So it was probably a, a lot more freeing to know uh, uh, the, the the person on the other end at sort of that uh, in that you know, that, that way, that, that joking sort of friendship way, as opposed mm -hmm. to somebody that you're sort of hiring as a, a work for hire, not to say that you and yeah. the, the artist didn't have like a great relationship, but this one is a, is a, is a different sort of animal as sort of like yeah. knowing the person hitting it off. Yeah, no, it, it very, very much is. And it's, and it's very much, like I said, we agreed on a lot when it came to creativity and comics, comics specifically, what we want in comics, what we want to, what we want to show, um, what we, what we think is enjoyable. So I think if we were friends, that's great, but we might not agree on what we want to show or what we, what we both think is entertaining. Mm -hmm. You know, my best friend and I both have, you know, wildly different ideas of what makes a good comic. But with Kurt and I, the relationship is, is, you know, because probably how, how we met is very, you know, sitting there, signing books, talking about the industry and being surrounded by it. It gave us uh, the ability to kind of really talk deeply about a creative process in a very intense way. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I think you're exactly right. I think because we agree on so much, um, there's a, uh, an innate trust me as the writer that I know Kurt's interpretation of what's happening and pacing is what the story needs. Nice. Um, so, yeah. 
So he sends you the picture of the of the four rabbits. Um, <laughs> yeah. Does it uh, is it instantly sort of a, a spark of an idea, or is it something that maybe you're sort of walking around and you're sort of mulling over the the image of those four rabbits before the the story starts to take hold? Well, the the seed is different, isn't it? As a writer, um, usually you're the one coming to an artist with mm-hmm. an idea. Um, you know, you're the one that has a story and you need help telling that story. It was really cool for an artist to come to me with characters and say, what do you think? What, what, what do you see for these characters? Now, I didn't know he was going to send me four rabbits. It's just all of a sudden, okay, well, there's four rabbits. What can I do with these rabbits? He had a basic idea where he said, what do you think they uh, solve crimes? And I'm not, I, I wasn't into it. And so I thought, nah, you know, we're, we're going to have to escalate it. It's an all ages book. You know, we're, we're, I don't want to have our cute rabbits solving homicides, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so, so I said, no, I don't think so. And it took a long time, but we finally got the premise that let's have the rascals be teen pop punk superstars who, uh, you know, encounter supernatural things and kind of have to figure those things out. They're, they're not so much um, solving mysteries of the supernatural, like Scooby-Doo or something like that. They are literally uh, encountering supernatural threats or monsters or creatures and having to, to deal with them and, and deal with them in order to, uh, you know, continue their journey as pop punk superstars. So, uh, you know, the, the origin story in book one was told where the rascals are on the way to a gig in Porksburg and their, um, jalopy van, um, you know, poops out on this crossroads and an old goat comes up to them and challenges them to a musical contest and says, if, if you, if you beat me in this musical contest, uh, I'll fix your van and you can get to your gig. Um, and the rascals, you know, they're, they're teenagers and they're very impulsive. They don't even ask the goat what happens if they lose, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, they're okay, good, done. So the goat, you know, plays his violin and, you know, it's, it's a, it's a crazy good song, but the rascals are so desperate when they play, it's much better than the goat. They defeat the goat. Well, turns out the goat's actually a demon and he's challenged, you know, a thousand bands over a thousand years and has never lost so he blames or he accuses the rascals of cheating he believes there's no way that they could have beat him and he curses the rascals and he curses the rascals to be cursed by the supernatural until they play a song better than the one that beat him and that's that's what sets the rascals off on their pop punk supernatural journey very cool. And that is, that's one. So could you tell us a little bit about what we're going to encounter in the second issue? So the second issue is really cool. The Rascals are going international. They get invited to play at a music festival in Ireland. Uh, and uh, upon landing, the they uh, see that the festival has been canceled due to the fact that the mysterious Banshee has arisen and is attacking the denizens of the township. So the rascals have to figure out how to stop the Banshee from doing that in order to play at the festival. Nice. And so with your sort of Marvel style, you and sort of Kurt uh, are are working this through. Um, Are you presenting him uh, sort of like 
at a certain point, oh, we need to do this. And then he has the, the, the freedom to sort of design the page. Like, I know that it's what we said, it's kind of Marvel style, but um, how detailed are you getting with sort of what you want on the page? So it's kind of cool that you mentioned this because that's why we're doing, uh, we're, we're only releasing a hundred copies. Okay. Mm -hmm. of of the artist edition and the artist edition is basically uh the full story with lettering but only with kurt's pencils because we want people to see how he's doing the artwork um and then at the back of the book the final two pages are going to be um showing systematically how we do it so this is how we do it i write a short story i am not thinking at all about layout I'm not thinking about the number of panels on a page. I'm not thinking about the number of pages in a book. I'm just writing a good rascal story. I send that to Kurt. Kurt breaks down the story into roughs, and then he draws the pages. And when he is finished doing the pages, he sends them to me, and I write dialogue. And then I send the dialogue to Kurt. He does the lettering, coloring. And that's how we produce the book. So there's both of us are getting a view on, mm -hmm. on the characters. So like I said, it's very easy to dismiss cartoony characters until you realize that only by having both of us create the book this way, can you have a character like say Max, who's the drummer for the rascals. And, and, you know, he's, he's very stereotypically, you know, he's, he's, he's a little bit fat. And, you know, he loves food um, and it'd be very easy for him to get very pigeonholed in that. Oh, yeah, I get it. A fat drummer likes food. Great. But Max also is, you know, very caring. He's, you know, been cursed by the goat so that he gets possessed <laughs> and um, by a very know-it-all ghost um, that he can't remember um, when he, he at what he's done at when he's possessed. And he's a little bit of a, a coward, you know. Um, and all of this comes through by both of us creating the character at the same time. So they are very, you know, catchy looking cartoony characters with a lot of depth. Very cool. And uh, so, uh, you know, a lot of the, the way to make folks care about a character or, or in this case, you know, maybe like the four band members is... Uh, you know, we have to be drawn into them. And, and these these are sort of uh, cartoony rabbits. And you explain with Max, he's sort of, um, you know, he's he's got he's got uh, this he's, he's very caring, but he's also sort of got this uh, curse where he loses control and he sort of forgets what he's doing. I mm -hmm. think sort of the obvious parallel would be sort of um, thinking about like rock stars sort of drinking too much and sort of partying so much <laughs> that they can't remember or they you know maybe they black out or they they, you know, they excuse what they're what they're doing by the fact that they were inebriated or on something so was that sort of some of the thinking for for max there not at all not at all no not at all but now that you said that that's awesome <laughs> maybe, maybe that was in there subconsciously um but yeah no not at all uh all all of the rascals have been gifted or cursed depending on how you look at it by the goat so max is possessed by a demon and, and or not a demon a ghost and this ghost basically um like i said is a know-it-all so it's a really easy way 
for us in the story to give more details about what they're seeing. And that's literally why he has that curse is so that they can understand what they're up against. Rosie, who's the keyboardist in the, the techie, the roadie for the band, um, she has what's called kind of the sight. And Rosie can actually see supernatural things, even if they're invisible or, you know, um, not on this plane of reality. She can see them and she can actually communicate with them. Uh, and then we have Tony, who uh, is cursed with the most powerful ability that he refuses to use because he does not think it's cool. And then we have Alana. And Alana carries a purse, a little bag that her grandmother gave her when she was 10. And in book one, we see that that, that bag is actually a, a kind of like a, a bag of holding from Dungeons and Dragons where it can suck up or entrap things in a Ghostbusters kind of style. Mm -hmm. um, so it's, it's the rascals big, uh, you know, weapon that they can use against supernatural threats. But again, multifaceted, we take a look at that, you know, just cause you have a weapon doesn't mean you want to use it. And there, there are repercussions to having and using a weapon. And so, um, that's another thing that we look at in the future with Alana. I think a lot of times with uh, like an all ages book, like uh, you want to be challenged and you want to be scared, but you don't want to be challenged too much or scared too much. So can you speak a little bit to writing an all ages book that deals with like the supernatural and, and scaring yeah. kids, but not scaring them so much that they, you know, throw the book down in terror or won't, yeah. don't want to come back? Yeah. Um, it's a big challenge. So, you know, I, I, I like violent books. I like violent movies. I, you know, uh, I do like all ages stuff in general, but uh, I think what Kurt and I are really looking at in terms of making it a fun book is we want uh, this book to be for, like you said, all ages. So we want to focus more on the fact that um, the core concept of the characters is they are a band. Mm -hmm. And their goal is to entertain people and to be a better band and to travel around and, and to, you know, they all have their individual interests and motivations. And I think if you focus on that, you will go in the right direction to entertain everybody of every age. We got mm -hmm. the characters for the young kids. My four-year-old can look at the Rascals book and go, Daddy, I love those things. They're so cute. Um. Kurt's style is, is, you know, perfect for an all ages book. Uh, you know, there's never going to be anything that's gory. There's never going to be anything that's, you know, there's no reason for a band to be out there with AKs, you know, shooting a mummy. Right. Mm -hmm. It's, it's, but they, they do deal and you'll see in book two specifically how they deal with the supernatural. And I, I think we have a really good take on it where, we're not trying to put out this hyper-violent book, but there is a way you can show action and you can have adventure without being overly violent about it. And it's a big balancing act. And there's always, I just want, you know, to be able to have them with their big rabid feet kick something once or <laughs> what, but, but I'm not going to do it and I'm not going to take the cheap way out. So I think if we just stick to the core values of the characters, uh, we can make an all ages book that's entertaining and not too kitty. Um, and also, you know, the humor in it is there, I think. And the humor we write for kids, but we also write the humor for adults. 
And I remember when I was growing up, you could have a book like a Captain Carrot or a Looney Tunes book or an Archie or, you know, whatever. And, you know, my parents could pick it up and be like, oh, I get the joke. You know, they're, it's kind of a classic joke. You know, I get it. Okay. And they could have a chuckle and put it down, but the kids could pick it up and enjoy it just as much for a different reason. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's the, that's the hard part about this is writing for those two levels. It'd be very easy for me to just try to target the parents or just try to target the kids, but trying to, to do both. Uh, it, that's, that's the, 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 you know, tight, tight wire. Um, and I think we do it. So, uh, as you were explaining that, I think like uh, I was thinking about sometimes when I sit down to watch sort of like a, like a DreamWorks movie with like, uh, with my kids, sort of like every once in a while, there'll be a joke that's made that on two different levels, sort of like, I understand sort of like the, the reference yep, and, and why it's funny, but my kids just see it and they see sort of what happens and what's funny. So do you do a little bit, do you do a little bit of that to sort that's of- it. Yeah. That's exactly what I'm talking about. I think probably the close, you know, the movies are great. And, um, but I think, you know, if you look at the rascals, they're, they're obviously, uh, we have multiple goals for this and obviously they probably going to become an animated series at some point. Very cool. And, you know, I, I think we're, we're more looking at something like, uh, like, uh, Animaniacs or a gravity falls or, you know, a modern take, uh, on on that t- that tightrope I was talking about of, of you know zany bombastic energy with a really a kind of sly sense of humor and that's that's kind of uh, what we're we're going for with the rascals. Very nice. So let's uh, let's turn our attention back to sort of the the crowdfunding and the the production of this book. Um, is I I think I remember correctly that you guys on the first book um, in the first crowdfunding campaign you guys were either nearly done or close to done when you guys went to to indiegogo is that the same case here we will never put anything up that we haven't finished so uh, it's it's uh our our whole thing is uh you know like i said multiple goals right um first of all we are aware of this market now so uh, with Raygun and with Kurt's other projects, you know, and it, it, years and years of, of trying to get comics made using what I call the pitch and bitch mentality. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, you know, we've both done that. And now after we've finished our first campaign and we're now, you know, using all of the tricks that we've learned through that first campaign, we understand there's a massive, massive direct market. And we want to be when it comes to a cartoony style, all ages, family friendly, zany book, mm-hmm. we want the rascals to be ever present on the market. We want the rascals to be the first thing that you think of. If I say zany cartoon, you think Looney Tunes. Boof, you have those characters in your head. If I say, you know, family friendly, poof, you get Disney DreamWorks in your head. When it comes to comics, when it comes to this genre, our goal is to always have the Rascals on the market, to always have a new Rascals book that is lying on your coffee table that your kids can pick up, that you can give to other people. Hey, check this out. You know, these guys, to always have our stickers everywhere, Mm -hmm. to always have a poster somewhere, to always have them 
out there. In order to do this, we figured out real quick, even before the first campaign, we got to finish the work, man. So we got to have a campaign. We got to get the books into people's hands quickly and the book better be great. And we want to continue that trend of we will never have anything up that we haven't finished that we can't fulfill immediately. And with book two, the goal for North American customers anyway, is to get the books in people's hands by Christmas. So that when the campaigns on ends on November 15th, if you've backed the Rascals book two, Song of the Banshee artist edition, you should have it on your Christmas break. And, you know, we, we, we believe that's the way to do it is to make sure that we are always customer first. We are always target audience zoned in, zeroed in with crosshairs on our target audience and giving them what they want immediately. Nice. So it sounds like you are, uh, this is, this is your focus for, for, for now, the sort of the crowdfunding, the, the, you know, the quick delivery, having the work done. Um, do you ever sort of want to go back to sort of pitching, uh, bigger projects to publishers and having to wait on, you know, getting that, uh, either acceptance or rejection letter, uh, back in the, the mail or in the email probably. Look, it's I have dreams, mm -hmm. right? And and I'm sure you do too. And and everybody who does this does. I I I want to write Kazar for Marvel. <laughs> that is that is absolutely my dream. I mean, I I have the story. I I if if Marvel gave me the chance to write Kazar, and Marvel, if anybody's listening, you know, I I would love to tell you my story because I could make that book huge. Besides that, and Besides maybe someday somebody from a big company contacting me and saying, I know you can write. I've seen your work. I've seen, I've seen what you can do. Do you want to do this for us? I don't think I'd ever go back to it. Uh, you know, there's a really, somebody told me very recently, when you're doing that, and that was the traditional way. I mean, you had to break in. I'm air quoting right now. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you, you had to make your bones. Uh, yeah, you had to, uh, you know, spend your money and your blood and send it to one guy who was going to read it and say yes or no. Mm -hmm. And you were writing that story from your heart, trying to do your best. And you were sending it to one guy who maybe wasn't going to like it because that wasn't his thing. Or maybe he had a bad lunch or maybe somebody got in there before you and he can't approve another story. Why do that when you can, I can write for everybody who likes the rascals. <laughs> I can, I can send the book directly to those people. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you look at what's happening right now, all this new market, like I said, we've become, we've become aware of how big, this is when people become more comfortable with crowdfunding and when pe when retailers start realizing oh wow you know what these campaigns are going to start and this is a plan for us in the future is offering retailer packages mm -hmm. why not on on you know your dino thrashers kickstarter why not have retailer packages where you're selling 20 copies mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden they can sell in the 
they can sell it in their stores for whatever markup they want. That's where this is going. And I really don't think, especially with kind of the resistance to customer satisfaction that the big two and image and all these other companies are doing right now, I don't think they can stop this other market. Kids, kids and parents are going to become more comfortable with this other market. And like I said, if you have the goal that you want this property you're working on to be ever present on that market, it's, it's this synergistic kind of beast where it'll just start growing by itself. You will develop your own customer base. You will start talking directly to them. You don't need a publisher to market it anymore. You have shows exactly like this one where I, I am right now speaking to you and everybody who would like my comic. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I love it. Um, so I don't think I would spend the time or the effort or the money anymore to try to pitch to comic companies in, in, to answer your question definitively. I, I would work for them if they asked me but I, I just don't have the bloody time anymore. And I, I know now if I wanted to spend money and have a comic made, I could just do it and then go to Indiegogo and sell it. Yeah, I, I hear you there. And I think uh, maybe the good thing is, is that if uh, somebody from Marvel ever does walk up to you and they say, what's the, what's the book you want to write for us? You, they might, you might be one of the only uh, Kazar pitches they get uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh coming back their way so uh that's that's that that's that's a plus for you <laughs> yeah i love it man i love kazar yeah didn't you do like a detailed uh i know you do some stuff with uh comic scripts on uh youtube didn't you do sort of a detailed breakdown of a kazar comic there Did actually i I, I, I do. I have my own YouTube channel. I, I post very infrequently, but uh, basically I, I, it's called uh, Comic Script Writing with Greg Shane, very on the nose. And I, I review comics. Uh, I go through how comics are, are, are made by, by using real life examples. Uh, sometimes I talk about influences. I'm actually going to be doing a video coming up comparing uh, a, a Kazar comic with a G.I. Joe comic uh, about action and how uh, one shows action done wrong, unfortunately, and one shows action done right. And I'm using a car chase sequence in both comics uh, to show the difference in how you can, how you can write action better. Oh, that'll be interesting. Cause also I know one of the, the sort of the talking points of, you know, comic storytelling is that car chases are extremely hard to do in comics. So that, that'll be interesting mm-hmm. to, to see. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to put that one up because uh, yeah, car chases are really tough. And in this issue of Kazar, which was written by Bruce Jones, I mean, this is no slouch and the, the artist was amazing. It's probably done in a Marvel style, right? Um, the, the car chase is terrible. It's just these horizontal panels with the car going like up and down. And it's, it's really, really bad. And it's two pages, like two pages of this car chase with just the car going in and out of traffic. And then I think it's in GI Joe number 13, a very early one around the same time as this Kazar comic. It's the Joes uh, having to drive this, this taxi with Cobra chasing behind them, shooting up the taxi and they're driving into the back of a plane. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah, right. And and uh, it's done so bloody well. 
and that's Larry Hama. And um, one, one, and they're, they're done around the same time in the early 80s. Uh, and one is horrific, and one is one of the best examples ever of action in a comic. And it's just how it's framed. And um, yeah, that's something that I'm going to be showing on my YouTube channel. So pe- people can maybe check it out. Yeah, we'll put a link to that uh, in our show notes. So anybody listening can, uh, you know, subscribe and uh, be ready, ready for that. Um, so back to, to, to this book, um, you, you mentioned that uh, this one is, you know, finished, ready to go. Do you and Kurt sort of have a plan where you want to try to do some, like uh, do an issue every so often? Are you sort of shooting for every six months, every quarter? Like, do, or are you just sort of playing it by ear right now? Uh, I, I would love every quarter. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would love every quarter. So basically we have the uh, 100 uh, copies that we're going to do of the artist edition for, for book two. And that'll have, like I said, the detailed explanation, the two, the two pages showing the systematic way we make the book. That book comes with five stickers. Two of two of the stickers will be new, and a sketch card from Kurt um, should be North American customers can get it by by Christmas. Then after that, in the starting in the new year, um, after the election in the states, we're gonna well in November after the election, we're gonna start talking to some companies about maybe pitching for uh, an animated series, and then in January. Uh, we're going to be releasing uh, book two proper, which will be the fully colored book without the uh, the bonus content about creation. Um, and then probably March or April, we're looking at getting book three out. Um, and then we have it all planned from until book six. So yeah, man, if, if we could do everything uh, quarterly, that would be great. And, and then we could probably get the entire series out to where we're, we're now releasing collected volumes uh, mm-hmm. in 2022. So that's, that's what we want. Like I said, if you're going to do something and you're going to have this property and you, you really believe in it, and I love Rascals, I think it's going to do well. I mean, everybody that, you know, we, we're, we're doing our utmost from, you know, the quality of the, of the book itself, like the pages, the coloring. Um, we think the the work is is really good. Uh, if you're going to do that, do it, you know, ha- make sure you have a plan, make sure it's systematic, make sure you're always pitching it and make sure that uh, it's, it's in the public space in, in the, the, uh, I can't remember what they used to call it, you know, you, where everybody's thoughts are collected kind of thing. Um, just make sure it's out there. And if you're going to have a book about, uh, you know, dinosaur GI Joe characters, Make it that Dino Thrashers is what everybody thinks about when they think about dinosaur G.I. Joe characters. Uh, and if you're going to think about cartoony, uh, you know, people fighting the supernatural, teen pop punk superstars, then it's going to be the Rascals. And just that's the thing. That's always what's out there. And you only do that by getting the product quickly out, making people satisfied, and always having a product to sell. Yeah, and I would think that sort of uh, having either, you know, that that routine sort of schedule release or that closely uh, routine scheduled releases sort of you also prime your audience to sort of expect it sort of like, you know, uh, December, I got my Rascals book, 
Um, you know, three months later, it's springtime. I'm probably going to sort of be on the on the lookout for for you know news of the of the new issues. So sort of having your own sort of release schedule that you can you can hit is probably beneficial there as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very much, and it's really cool too because uh, you know all the new perks and stuff you can do that comes very organically. So the the cover for Rascal's book too, I love so much. It's it's Tony with a psychedelic red pattern behind him. He looks so cool playing his guitar. Uh, that's a poster now. You know, when book two comes out proper, we're, we're already thinking this has to be a poster. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, that's another perk we're going to have. You can always up your game. And by doing it incrementally, uh, it's fun. You know, it's so fun. It's like you said, we're not waiting there, you know, hoping that somebody's going to say yes to producing the book. We're producing the book. So how how can we do that in an exciting way? What What excites us is going to excite the backers is going to excite the people who would want that book. Uh, and it's just a great time. Nice. Well, well, I'm very excited uh, for this book and, you know, I, I got introduced to you through, through the Ray gun book. I love that, but I also like the, the, the direction you've gone here. Um, so as we close up here, um, you know, tell us a little bit more about uh, the Rascals issue one, issue two. Tell us a little bit about the Indiegogo um, and and plans for the for the future. So, plans for the future are to fulfill this campaign, to get people um, aware of how the Rascals are produced, because we're really happy with it, and I I do think it's it's very cool that. Uh, we are producing the book, how we're producing it. And I think the, the, the end product is a direct result of uh, Kurt and I co-creating this book and really coming up with something that's unique uh, on the market. So for book one, we're offering book one as well uh, as, as the uh, artist edition on the current Indiegogo campaign. You can go to Indiegogo, Indiegogo.com to find it. We have a great uh, animated uh, sequence at the opening of the book with uh, music that Kurt's, you know, purchased for us to use. Uh, I really highly suggest people check it out. You can check uh, our our YouTube channel for the Rascals is the Rascals. Uh, so if you <laughs> if you want to click and subscribe for more Rascals content, you can go to to YouTube uh, and find the Rascals. The Rascals also have a Twitter page. Um, that you can check for for updates about content. Uh, and I would just really suggest if, if anybody out there is looking for a bombastic, exciting, funny, all-ages book that uh, every, everybody can enjoy, um, check it out. No, I, uh, I agree, and uh, I, I enjoy it. And you guys certainly do, uh, do ship very quickly. I remember... The, the first one closed. I think I might have actually got like a like a thank you note from Kurt like very quickly and then like the 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 issue was was in my mailbox very very soon afterwards. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm excited and I'm excited to see see more here. So uh Greg uh thanks thanks for being on. Do you want to give folks I, I know you gave sort of like the the handles for for the rascals. Do you want to give folks your uh any 
any of yours or should they mostly just uh, stick with yeah the I, I i know i'd love it if people follow me on twitter um i'm you know i i maintain my twitter community pretty good nobody nobody's too toxic <laughs> uh you know i i always update people about my projects there uh you can also follow my youtube channel comic script writing with greg shane i i don't do weekly things but when i do do something i try to make it well thought out uh, and if you're a new creator or somebody who's looking at uh, talking about creating comics, I'm always open. I, I am. I love people making comics. I love people making movies. I love people making animated things. I love people creating things because I love talking about creating comics and being artistic and being creative. So the more people that are out there that are making what they want to make, is great for me. I'm completely selfish about this. So <laughs> if you want somebody to support you, if you want somebody to, to, to talk shop with, I'm always open. Uh, I, I, I love talking to people who have read my stuff and I'm always willing to read other people's things as well. That's awesome. And I, I, I bet folks can tell from the, the enthusiasm you have talking through this, you know, this podcast that that comes through as, as well. So I'm sure folks can, can understand that. Um, so, uh, we're recording this, um, about the, the middle of October. Uh, how long do we have to, um, back the, 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 the Indiegogo here? November 15th. November 15th. Yeah. That's the last day. Uh, we're at 75% now backed. Uh, so I'm, I'm fully expecting us to hit our goal, uh, which is fantastic. I love our backers. I just appreciate them so, so much. Uh, and yeah, just, just, a, just a reminder to people that there's only a hundred copies of this artist edition. So if, if you're into kind of behind the scenes things and looking at how things are made, and if you've, if you've, you look at the rascals and you go, wow, that's really kind of super cool. Because I'm guaranteeing you, if, if you go to the Indiegogo, if you check up on this stuff, you're not seeing this around right now. Um, I, I, you know, everybody agrees this isn't anything like what's on the market currently. Mm -hmm. we're, 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 we're doing something very unique here. So I, I really suggest uh, if, if you're into the behind the scenes stuff, do pick up uh, one of these uh, limited editions. Uh, we're down to, I think, 75 left. So, you know. They, they each one will be numbered uh, and signed by Kurt with mm -hmm. a with a sketch on the inside cover, but definitely check it out. You guys are going to like it. Awesome. Well, I think anybody listening to a podcast called Constructing Comics is definitely, <laughs> definitely, uh, definitely a process junkie. So they're probably going to want to have that 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 artist yeah. edition. So, uh, yeah, that that's that's the book for for this podcast audience. Yeah, I agree. Awesome. Well, Greg, you have a open invite. I, I think actually you coming on here, you're you're tied with uh, with uh, most uh, appearances. We got a couple of three timers, and you're you're in the uh, you're in the you're in you're in that group there. So we. I really appreciate it, Matt. I, I appreciate all the support. Oh no worries. Uh, we 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 love uh, we love spotlighting folks and and talking shop with with folks. So uh, you have an open invite. Uh, more issues come out of this or or anything else. We we'd love we'd love to hear from you. Cool. Thanks, man. Awesome. So um, we're gonna have links to the Indiegogo, um, the Rascal social media, Greg social media in the show notes. Um, if you could give us a rating and review on the podcasting use service you use, we'd really appreciate it. If you want to follow the pod, our podcast, we're on Twitter at ConstructComPod. Instagram is ConstructingComics. 
uh, pod. Uh, Facebook and YouTube is Constructing Comics. And uh, check out the Facebook page for Ageless Press. And be sure to check out the Kickstarter for Dino Thrashers going on now until Halloween of 2020. Um, I'm going to be, I'm the publisher of that. And Noah, my co-host on this podcast is the artist we we really uh we really enjoy that book so uh check that out as well but i'd like to thank everybody for listening uh please be nice to each other uh be safe and go out there and make some comics <laughs>